0: Welcome to the Pre-Vet PauseCast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to season four of the Pre-Vet Podcast, Binging the Application. I'm Alex Avellino. With me is my producer, Mr. Jeffrey Young, and we have really fun news for the next two episodes. We are flip-flopping. I am not going to be running the podcast for the next two episodes. I am going to let my TAs from my uh, veterinary professions course run them. So today, Jeffrey, who is our producer, strategic communications intern, former TA, Jeffrey will be talking about how to diversify your veterinary experience. And then on the next advising episode, Mr. Kyle Fox, who is a recent admitted student for the class of 2025. will be talking about non-veterinary experiences and how to get lots of diversity there. Both of these gentlemen presented these lectures to our class last semester. It was so well received that I could not let them not present it to our pre-vet podcast listeners. So Jeffrey, thanks so much for being willing to come and talk about all of your experiences that you've gotten so far.
1: Yeah, thanks. I had a really great time presenting it
0: last semester. I am telling you what, the students were so pumped afterwards. They felt so energized to see a student, um, to learn how to network, to go out and get experience, how to follow up. Jeffrey's going to talk to us about his journey and also his journey um, being a part of hiring someone new because you are looking for a new person to take over your current position, right?
1: Right, because my schedule next semester won't allow me to work there. Uh, So I'm actually looking through to find someone to replace me.
0: So y'all are going to get some really good insight today about not only gaining experience, but what it looks like on the back end when folks are hiring.
1: So for me, I have the majority of my experience in small animal medicine because that's the area that I want to go into. And I think that's something that's really important that if you're going to go to your application and tell them that this is what you want to do. You don't want to sit there and say that you want to become an exotic vet when you have no experience working with exotics, because that looks a little sketchy. Uh, So for me, I have the majority of experience in small animal, and then currently I'm working with a large animal vet, and I also have uh, some research I've been doing around UF. I've worked with raptors at a bird sanctuary, and I've done a little bit of work in an ER. And so I think just really getting across the board diversity really helps not only make your application look good, but also helps you to understand what the different fields are, because the difference between, say, small and large animal medicine is so drastically different, it feels like I'm in an almost completely different field.
0: Ugh, I'm so glad you're mentioning this, because that is what we're looking for. One of the biggest things is making sure students understand the whole field. And when you're talking about differences between small animal and large animal, I think you're also hinting at just like the clients that maybe you reach and also the actual location. So a small animal practice feels a lot different than an ambulatory equine practice. So the more students can get involved and know about these areas, the better off they'll be.
1: Yeah. And I think the main thing that people struggle with is actually just finding the places that they can apply to. So I think the best advice to give, which is kind of generic, is to just Google it so if you go and look on something like linkedin um, or any of those websites that have job listings then a lot of places are going to be hiring but i think what a lot of people run into is that you kind of need that experience to get a paid position and so i think the best place to start off is to just be a volunteer or a shadow and work really hard to do the most that they will let you do And eventually that usually opens up some doors to where you can get a paid position. And so for actually finding those places, I think just looking for job listings, even if you are not applying for a paid position, if they're looking for someone to pay, they're likely gonna be okay with also taking on volunteers because they want more help. And so that's how I got my first position at an animal Hospital as a volunteer, which I then worked into a paid position.
0: Students always ask me, is it better to have paid experience? And so from the UF, vet med admissions side, we love paid experience. It would be preferred over volunteer. It is not required. But paid means you get to do more things. Like, Jeffrey, can you talk about that? Volunteer versus paid. Did you get to do more when you were paid?
1: Oh, definitely. Once I started getting a paid position, which it's going to be different depending on what state you're in. Uh, because Florida is one of the states that doesn't require you to have a CVT to be a technician, whereas some of the other states, you are going to be a veterinary assistant and a lot more limited in what you can do. But once you become a paid technician, at least in Florida, you're able to do things like place IV catheters, intubate, monitor anesthesia, uh, even assist in surgery in some cases. And so it's definitely a lot more that you can do and And it can make your essays and your overall application just a lot stronger, because you have a lot more hands-on experience than some other people in other states might have. Absolutely. And so I think the main thing when applying that a lot of people make the mistake of is you should always attach your resume, uh, even if it's just your introduction and you're just trying to volunteer because that's the first thing people wanna see to look at. And I think just making sure that your resume looks nice, it's an appropriate length, uh, because I can speak from experience now that I'm actually helping find my replacement. When we get a resume in that's four pages long of someone who only has two years of experience of work, it seems a little tone deaf, and it seems like they could lower it down to one page Um, And that kind of shows that people are able to, to prioritize. And it also helps us because when we want to go back and refer to your resume, we can look through it and find everything very quickly when it's just one page. I think one of the most important things that you can do to increase your chances of getting your foot into the door is to follow up. I can say from pretty much all of the places and people I've applied to, I didn't get a message back on my first email. It's the second email I sent about a week later, letting them know that I was still interested in the position and asking uh, just for an update. You don't wanna be pushing, uh, you wanna still remain professional, but showing that you haven't lost interest, from my experience, that's generally been a pretty great way of getting that call back. And it's been how I got a lot of my positions.
0: Jeffrey's right, you might get the opportunity because you did follow up and you might miss the opportunity because you didn't
1: so i think one of the hardest areas for people to get experience in or at least two of the hardest areas are large animal medicine and research Uh, for me because i had a lot of small animal experience but the extent of my large animal experience was i put a halter on a horse in my animal science class Mm -hmm. and that was about it and so trying to find a vet who was willing to take someone on who has never really worked with a horse uh, was probably one of the hardest pos- positions I've ever had to try and get. Um, but I did get lucky just because I was one of the few people that reached out. And I made sure in my interview to talk about how using my experience working on the clinical side in a small animal practice, I already knew all of that part of the medicine. And so really all that I had to get the hang of was handling the horses, which definitely helped. And you're never really going to know if you're not going to get a position unless you actually apply for it. And it never hurts to just try.
0: Even if a student doesn't have the skills that I'm looking for, for let's say an internship or an opportunity, but if they have their life together, I will hire them because I know they're trainable. So I think probably, like you said, you had an interview, the way you presented yourself and how you were able to translate your skills impressed that vet and they wanted to take you on. Let's dig a little bit deeper into large animal experience, because you're right, that is one of the hardest positions to get. So how often do you go out with this large animal vet? Are you riding around in the in a truck? What does it look, what does it even look like?
1: Yeah, so because we're in ambulatory practice, we're really driving all around the county and even to some of the other counties, and it's definitely a different experience than working in small animal medicine, because from that, I was very used to a hospital setting, whereas with this, Uh, the emergencies typically happen out in the middle of a field and not people aren't always able to get their animals into a hospital and so we come to them and so it's just a very different environment the clientele are a lot different and the medicine itself is different because the anatomy and even the drug interactions between a cat or a dog versus a horse versus a cow some medications that are super effective in one could be deadly to another so getting that variety i think is one of the things that also just makes veterinary medicine so unique just because you can look at one species and know everything about it and then look at another species and the medicine can be completely different do you find that those two-hour
0: drives with the vet in the truck really help you get to know that vet better maybe than some small animal interactions?
1: It's definitely a different relationship because whereas in a small animal practice, you'll have several techs and a couple of doctors with large animal medicine, typically if they have a technician, it is them and their technician. So generally my shifts are 10 to 12 hours and we do not usually take a lunch break because those are usually taken up by emergencies. I've worked there for six months now, and we have stopped for lunch twice. And so we're really spending 10 hours straight together, and she very quickly became a really great mentor to me. And being able to just talk about her experience going through vet school and get advice from her and just uh, see how her brain works has been really helpful. And what we do is, for most of the drive, we talk about the cases and go over them while I input the notes for the day. And so doing that has really been a great way for me to just understand the medicine for large animal a lot better because I have to write down everything that we've gone through and she can explain it to me, which has been super helpful. So I think the getting your foot in the door part is probably the hardest part about getting experience. But once you do actually get that first bit of experience, it becomes a lot easier. Whether you were just volunteering or a paid employee, you're going to meet people uh, who work in the field and that becomes really helpful when you want to start applying in different areas and even just going around school, doing research, things like that, it's sort of just grows exponentially from there. And so if you're wanting to get experience in large animal, for instance, I'm giving up my position and people in the class that I TA for and people who have reached out to me a lot for office hours and things like that, they reached out to me before knowing about this position. But when it came up, those are the people that I knew the best. And so those are the people who, when they put their application in, I'm looking at closer because I have more experience to them
0: Wow. So Jeffrey, I really think you gave us some great tips about how to network, how to get involved, how to make a good impression, how to follow up, and then the benefits of translating skills between small and large animals. When you're looking at the veterinary experience of MCAS, some things to think about. So some just little picky things. If you worked with a veterinarian, that goes under vet experience. If you worked with animals that were not your own pets, that goes under animal experience. Jeffrey, the raptor stuff that you do is that with a vet no it's not okay so when jeffrey works with like raptors and wildlife and birds of prey he's going to log that under his animal experience and then his large animal vet experience and his small animal experience is going to go under a vet experience jeffrey also has research experience related to animals but that experience is going to go under the research section so you want to make sure you're reading the vemcast definitions of each experience to make sure you're putting it in the right section so your application is the most truthful and the most accurate to your story. And then when it comes to how Jeffrey and listeners are going to log your experiences in the, um, in the details, you know you can do bullet points, you can do paragraphs, you can do sentences, whatever makes the most sense to you for that experience. Make sure you're putting down all of your supervisor information. Make sure you're saying, yes, my supervisor can be contacted. Make sure you are separating your experiences correctly. So when Jeffrey started as a small animal volunteer and then moved into a paid position, he should be logging that as two separate experiences because it shows the growth. So if you start out as a receptionist and then you become a vet tech, log those separately. Um, You'll probably also log that receptionist experience under employment, not veterinary. So when we're looking at the experience section, folks, there's a lot of boxes you need to check. Some says paid, some says volunteer. It'll say part-time, it'll say per diem. You have to look at all of those and just lay it out there. Vemcast does a great job of defining what the definitions are of each term, so just make sure you're looking there. Feel free to call Vemcast if you have questions about these definitions. Then you can also call the schools of vet med that you're applying to to help them help you understand where to put each section. And then when we're talking about typical questions that I get, one of the Biggest questions is what from high school is relevant. I will tell you if you worked with a veterinarian in high school, for sure you can put that under your on your application. If you worked in a shelter during high school, yes. Pets never, nothing about your pets on there. When it comes to the amount of hours you want to have for vet experience, every school is different. Some schools have minimum requirements. Some schools have minimum recommendations. If it were me, I would be shooting for more than 500 because you're competing with students who have thousands of hours. I think the most recent Vemcast data, folks had on average 1,800 hours of experience, but that's not easily defined because it could be from multiple locations and opportunities. So in general, shoot for more than 500. So think less about hours, think more about quality, think more about opportunity, In general, you should be seeking mentorship from every practice that you work at. If you notice that you're really not getting the time and hands-on opportunities, maybe it's time to move on to another practice. When it comes to length of time to staying at a practice, I would say at least six months uh, would be a great opportunity. But if you're there for a summer and you're working 40 hours a week, that can also look great. So there are no rules when it comes to experience. You're just trying to get as You're just trying to gain as many opportunities and as much mentorship as possible. Jeffrey, thanks so much for hosting our podcast today and helping students understand how to diversify their vet experience.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you.
0: I'm Alex Avelina.
1: I'm Jeffrey Young. And we'll talk to you soon.